You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Political hacking the U.S. elections, what's up with WikiLeaks and Russia Today, the U.S. continues to make noises about retaliation against Russian hackers, Russia sheds crocodile tweets, a retired general pleads guilty to lying to the FBI, the shadow brokers say really they want someone to bid, or else, level 3 keeps score on the Mirai botnet, and fellow youths, you may after all be the weakest link. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, October 18th, 2016. Today's cybersecurity news combines the odd, the unseemly, and the lurid, which isn't surprising since so much of it turns on politics and great power competition. After much speculation yesterday that the U.S. had hacked him, WikiLeaks confirms that Julian Assange's internet connectivity has indeed been cut, and it's still apparently down, but that it wasn't cut by the United States. Instead, the Ecuadorian government is said to be responsible for the outage. Assange, as we know, is currently enjoying asylum in Ecuador's embassy in London. He's wanted in Sweden for indecent assault, a charge he denies. Ecuador's government was silent on connectivity issues, but did indicate they will continue to extend Assange asylum. Also yesterday, RT, Russia Today, a news outlet closely aligned with President Putin's government, has had some of its assets in the UK frozen. Its British bank, NatWest, says it's closing RT's accounts, that the decision is not up for negotiation and that it wasn't taken lightly. RT has since been shedding crocodile tweets on behalf of freedom of speech. The connections between the stories are as follows. Both WikiLeaks and Russia Today have been closely involved with, respectively, releasing and reporting on documents related to the campaign of U.S. presidential candidate Clinton. Those documents are, as one would expect, not reflecting great credit upon the candidate or her associates. We note in passing that it's very difficult to look good in email. The Clinton campaign has responded by suggesting that the doxed emails may have been altered by the Russians. Corruption of data is obviously a very real possibility, especially in information operations mounted by the Russian government, and the U.S. government agrees that Russia is behind most of the election-related hacking seen this season. But the suggestion that the emails were hoaxed stops short even of denial, even the non-denial denial, and amounts to a kind of counsel of a priori caution. This could happen, don't you know? 
and they also point out that paying attention to these kinds of revelations merely plays into the hands of the Russians, who would like to play kingmaker in next month's U.S. elections. The U.S. has blamed Russia's government for the hacks that compromise the files now being published. It's also promised some unspecified form of retaliation, and President Putin has noted with sadness that this amounts to an American admission at a high level that it engages in state-sponsored hacking. Mr. Putin clearly has Vice President Biden's remarks about retaliation in mind here. That the U.S. has conducted offensive cyber operations in the past would seem to receive some confirmation from the guilty plea retired U.S. General Cartwright entered yesterday. He allocated, as they say on Law & Order, to lying to the FBI about having discussed Stuxnet with reporters. The New York Times has expressed some muted disapproval of the prosecution's First Amendment implications. General Cartwright also said that he was not the original source of the leaks. But in the case of Fancy Bear and Cozy, the promised U.S. response remains unspecified. It is, however, supposed to be a lulu, something that will send a message that Russia's president cannot misread. Russian spokesmen have expressed both outrage at the stated U.S. intentions and scorn for the capabilities the U.S. darkly hints it may deploy. There's much speculation but little direct evidence that both NatWest Bank and the government of Ecuador may be responding to U.S. inducements to act against Russian interests and those of Julian Assange. Speaking of Mr. Assange, the Twitterverse was much agitated by rumors that he had died, either conventionally assassinated or done to death by a tainted vegan meal. Baywatch alumni Pamela Anderson is said to have taken him over the weekend. In any case, he's fine. The Fuhrer seems to have been ignited over some ambiguous tweets with numerical sequences in them, WikiLeaks broadcast after Assange lost connectivity in his embassy quarters. Those were interpreted as a kind of dead man's switch. But whatever they were, again, Mr. Assange appears to be okay. Other documents, these released and not leaked, suggest that former Secretary of State Clinton may have shared classified information with uncleared conciere Sidney Blumenthal over her now-famous private email server. Other material disclosed from the FBI investigation of said server appear to suggest a senior State Department official asked for retrospective declassification of some material in exchange for his good offices in expediting FBI diplomatic assignments to hitherto unavailable embassy posts. The Veerlock strain of ransomware continues to be a threat. We spoke with Ravi Balupari from Netscope on what they're seeing Veerlock do in the wild. What we have observed is uh, some of the latest variants are exhibiting a new propagation vector uh, which equates to creating a cloud malware fan-out effect. Okay, so, so take us through that. How are these new variations of Veerlock affecting things in the cloud? So let's walk through one scenario, right? Let's say you have an enterprise with uh, you know hundreds of users and uh, they are using a cloud application, let's say you know, a cloud storage application such as Box. Now, uh, in a typical enterprise, people collaborate on documents. So the user A is actually you know, sharing the document with user B, and the user B in turn can share it with multiple other users. The user B can also share other documents with other users. But in the Verloc, uh, you know, ransomware, the fanout effect, Let's say the user A's device is infected with ransomware, especially with Verloc. The documents on his machine get synced to the cloud. Once 
the documents are synced to the cloud, those documents in the cloud would get you know synced to all the users with whom the document is shared. Now, since the user A is infected with Verloc, the Verloc infected document is synced to the cloud. The same document is getting back onto user B's machine, and user B, you know, inadvertently, you know, clicks open the document. He would in fact get reinfected with Verloc, and then all the documents on his machine would get encrypted with Verloc. And if he has shared other documents with other users, they would again get synced to the cloud, and then you know they would go back to the other users' machines. So you, I mean, as you can notice, there's a pattern here wherein the infection is growing through the enterprise. You can think of it more like a worm, where Verloc virus ransomware is spreading through the network. That's Ravi Balopari from Netscope. The shadow brokers still haven't got any real bids on their auction of Equation Group tools. They tell anyone who may still believe this is a real auction that they've now had it. As the register puts it in an homage to Blazing Saddles, pay the brokers 10 Bitcoin or the code gets it. Level 3 has been working on the Mirai Internet of Things botnet. They've developed a list of indicators of compromise and believe that almost 500,000 bots, most of them in the U.S., Colombia, and Brazil, are being herded via Mirai malware. Level 3 concludes from this that a lot of DVRs and IP cameras owned by consumers and small businesses are being herded, and that a large number of bots are being deployed against single victims. What can you do? Level 3 recommends the two Ps, patches and passwords. Finally, my fellow youths, I have some news we'd like to hip you to. The younger crowd likes to think that it's mostly geezers and has-beens who fall for the tech support scam, where someone calls you up and says your computer has a problem, and that they can fix it if you give them control by handing over your password. But it turns out it's not the gray-headed duffers who swallow the bait hook, line, and sinker. It's millennials. A study by Microsoft and the National Cybersecurity Alliance finds that half, that's right, half, of the marks who fall for this hoary con are between the ages of 18 and 35. So be careful, youths, what you tell the strangers who call. And while you're at it, get off my lawn. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. 
The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me once again is Marcus Roschecker. He's the Cybersecurity Program Manager at the University of Maryland Center for Health and Homeland Security. Marcus uh, saw an article in Wired Magazine about New York cracking down on Mattel and Hasbro for tracking kids online. What can you tell us about the regulations when it comes to tracking our kids? Yeah, so in this day and age, I think most of us take it for granted that when we go online, uh, a lot of information is collected about us uh, in terms of where we go to shop, what we sh- what we buy, uh, what sites we visit. All of that is being tracked constantly as we're as we're surfing the web. And for the most part, I think we've kind of accepted that and we're okay with that. But it seems that we're not okay with that when it comes to our kids. And um, there is actually a law in place, uh, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, which um, helps parents uh, protect their kids uh, when information is collected about them online. Parents want to know that their kids are protected when they are online. Um, and this, this law, uh, COPA for short, um, allows parents to, to be reassured when it comes to letting their kids surf online. Um, basically, what the law says, what COPA says, is that um, websites that are specifically targeted to, to kids need to have policies in place and uh, terms of service in place that allow parents to know exactly what kind of information the website would be collecting about their kids when the kids are on the website. This is specifically for kids under the age of 13. Yeah, you know, I see a lot of uh, television commercials for products that say visit our website, but but when they're kids' products, they often say, you know, ask your parents before you visit our website, and I guess that that ties into this. Right. So whenever whenever a a product or a website is targeted specifically for kids on the age of thirteen, um, there's going to need to be some parental notification there as well, so that uh, parents will make the decision about whether or not their kids will be able to um, go on that website and 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 interact with the website. And in this case, uh, New York decided that both Mattel and Hasbro uh, were not uh, were not up to the standards of the law, and they got hit with some pretty hefty fines. Right. So the the penalties can be pretty hefty um, when a company doesn't follow the law in this case. Um, I think that's understandable in that uh, most of us uh, would want to make sure that our kids are protected to the greatest extent possible. So the fines are pretty hefty for any violations of these rules um, accordingly. Yeah, according to the article in Wired, uh, they they pay, they paid a combined total of eight hundred thirty-five thousand dollars in fines. Mm. Uh, mm. That'll buy a lot of Barbies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Marcus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security 
by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.